0: Hey, hey, today is Sunday, December 20th, 2015, 2015, and I decided to do Another podcast, I am in a super podcasting mood. I think it's because I'm all done kind of ish with my work for the year. So now I feel really compelled. I feel like I have time. I don't have to race to the airport um, for a meeting or to to talk or anything. So um, I remember doing my What to Leave in 2014 podcast in Paris last year. But I am going to do my What to Leave in 2015 podcast from Atlanta um from my new house which is empty with no furniture but 2016 goal I told you I'm getting my house together um before I get into this list I did it last year and I only have five points this year I have 10 I decided to extend it um but I want to do a quick thing about the journals um that this is my year journals I think I remember we uh, we had them on back order and we sold through almost more than half of what we ordered. So we are definitely down to the wire on those journals. And my gut is telling me not to order anymore because I really want for people to get super serious and focused. And it's just like, if we keep extending it and extending it, how serious are people really taking their lives? But then there's a part of me that's like, maybe this person just found out about it today or a day before. So I'm on the fence, but, um, I know that there are just a couple hundred left. So, um, Please, if you haven't gotten it, you still have time to get it before the new year. And even if you do decide to get it in the first month of the new year, I still think that that's a really excellent time to start plotting and planning on your year. I always plan for my new year twice a year. So I have a, I I like to consider January the new year, but then I use my birthday as another, my personal new year. So if you want to use it for your birthday, that's also something that I think is awesome to do. Other thing that I want to clear up is that the journaling method that I do is in the first Journal. I did not put that in the second journal. So if you don't get it, like I think people are, they get the journal and they open it up and they're like, it's a journal. It is a journal. It is advertised as a journal. It is not a planner. There are not dates in it. You um, have to do that. I don't work well with planners. Um, I've bought them year after year and I just don't use them. I use my Google Calendar. Um, sync to my iCal to keep up with dates and times. And then I use my journaling method, um, as a way to stay organized throughout the year. So, um, I am so excited about people who are excited about getting the journals. And if you aren't too sure, um, how it works or how the method works, I encourage you to get the first journal. Um, and if you can't, Really get the first journal now. You're going to have to surf through my podcast and find the journaling method. I think it's somewhere in there, but I just can't tell you where. It's years and years ago. Okay, without further ado, I am going to get into my what to leave uh, behind in 2015 list. Please break out your journals if you have it, because you definitely want to make sure you take notes on this. Um. First thing I feel like people need to leave behind in 2015 is wondering where you stand with somebody or something. Um, I don't know. I guess recently I have met a lot of people who are in quote unquote limbo. I am having my coffee this morning too, my second cup decaf. So if I stop for a second, that's all I'm doing. It's freezing in my house. So if you're wondering where you stand with somebody, you need to just flat out, Ask. I think so often, so many people are like, I don't know what we are. I don't know where we are. And my whole thing is find out where you are. One of the hardest things I ever had to do, um, for those of you who have followed my story, I moved to Atlanta. Um, because I was in a relationship and it was like my first time ever like moving and moving in with a guy It was just an experience that I wanted to have whether it worked out or not Like I wasn't committed to the end result, but I was like, you know what i'm turning 30 in a year or two And i've never done this. So my mom wasn't into it But I was like this is something that I would like to try But the long and short of it is that when that relationship was coming to an end I knew that I was holding on to false hope and I think that we know when something's not, we know when something's not a thing, um, an opportunity, a relationship, but we want to hold on to this false hope that it could be something and we just don't want to hear no. And one of the toughest things, I remember when I did this, like I was like over dinner tonight, I'm going to just flat out ask, like, what do you, I knew what I, I knew that I, potentially wanted to continue. I really didn't. I just didn't want to be rejected because I actually wanted the relationship to end. Like it just, we just weren't a good match. And so, but I don't know. I just didn't want to hear no. I didn't want to feel rejected. Um, I think I was more afraid about my new direction, you know, because I I was more afraid of my new, my new beginning, my new start, because I wasn't familiar with it. And so I was being afraid, and sort of clinging to the past because I was more familiar with the past. And so I think that that's what false hope does. False hope is really fear of the future because we don't know what is ahead of us. And so it's normal to be afraid, but I just don't want you to be clinging on to things that aren't working in your life anymore. And even if you don't understand why they're not working, even if you think you you want them to work, If you are in something that's relying on another person and that person is not showing up, that's the answer. It's over. So it's like stop beating a dead horse. Stop beating a dead situation. If a dead situation, work situation, life situation is not working out, stop doing it. And get clear on the, get clear on the rejection so that you can redirect your mission. So, you know, it's like the longer you hang in limbo, that's like months, years wasted. I think about that. Like the reason why I just decided that I was going to confront him and just confront the situation, because I was like, you know what? I don't have any more months, um, to deal in limbo. And I really, more than anything was concerned about my dignity. I felt like I have I don't like putting my dignity on the line and I wanted to say to you guys today, like I I looked this up and I was just like, I couldn't really think about it's like, I know having your dignity is important, but I found something online that I'm going to read to you about why dignity, why your dignity is important. And it says your dignity is important because it allows individuals and groups to feel respected valued, and connected with others around them. You deserve to feel respected, valued, and connected. That's something that you deserve. That's something that, that is your birthright. Um, Dignity and respect are considered basic human rights and both help people feel a sense of worthiness and importance. You also deserve to feel worthy and important. And dignity involves a mutual effort among people to listen, understand opinions and values, and include other, another in conversations. So if somebody's not including you in the decisions about your relationship and the decisions about your anything, they your dignity is on the line and it's time for you to move on. So we're done wondering about anything um, in 2016. Number two, not taking your finances seriously. Like we are so done with that. That is so tired. And I even had to get my little butt on the train with this because I was on top of my finances up to one little point. And that one little point that I wasn't up on was my credit. And 2015, I decided to take my credit seriously Um, I'm going to tell you guys about some of the other things that I did, but I'm going to talk for just a bit about what I decided to do with my credit. So, I mean, I got credit cards in in college at 18 and then I had like some family issues that got my credit all jacked up. And so I think all through my twenties, I just didn't care about my credit. Never looked at my credit, never pulled my credit. I think I had probably like cable boxes, some occasional stuff that was on my credit. And so because I had cash, had a lot of cash to do things. When you need cash, um, credit doesn't matter as much. Like even my last uh apartment that I was staying in because my credit was terrible and I don't even know what it was. I just let them tell me that my credit was bad. I had to put a larger deposit down on my place, um, which was fine because I had it, but like I just decided that I was not going to go another year not knowing, not caring and not doing um, about my credit. So what I did was, pulled the credit, pulled everything out myself and just faced the music. And I literally took a day off of work. Um, so I pulled the credit. I knew what it was. And then I took a day off work and decided to contact all the credit blips that I had on there. And it ended up not even being as bad as I thought it was. Like it was more about the fact that I didn't have credit that was hurting my score than the derogatory things that were on there. So I had, um, My car insurance company, I was using Progressive at the time. Progressive was on my credit report and I was actually a Progressive customer. And so some kind of way, um, I don't know how I didn't have a payment or something happened, but I had Progressive on my credit. So I called Progressive like Progressive we are friends. I've been working with you for years. How is this on my credit? Come to find out. It was just kind of like maybe in a credit card change, you know, when your credit card expires and you get a new one, some kind of way. Um, I missed a payment and it's just like, if I wasn't in good credit standing with progressive, they wouldn't be insuring me. So I, um, I forget exactly what you do, but you can find it online. You can ask them to you want the deal that you want to negotiate is you want to pay it and then you want it removed from your credit score. You want it re- removed from your credit report. And they do have the right to do that. People who say they can't are lying. Um, all of them won't do it. But in that instance, I was able to get progressive to do it and they will send you a letter saying as much so. I did it with that. Um, I spent hours on the phone trying to get this damn cable box thing. I think it might've been Comcast or whoever. I can't even remember off my phone line. Um, I had something with T-Mobile from like an old cell phone back in the day. Um, And for all the things that I couldn't, um, get taken off my credit, I just paid off. And so I had like a little pot of cash that I was willing to just throw at these things to make them grow, go away. So I basically cleared up everything. And I know there's this saying of, Oh, if it's seven years it's going to fall off and all this and that, but I just didn't want the drama. I just was like, I'm paying it off. So I think it may, may have cost me no more than maybe 12 or $1,300 to just pay everything off. Um, next thing I did was I signed up for the Experian app I freaking love the Experian app the Experian app monitors your credit and kind of just lets you know when you're doing good or bad and when your credit score goes up or down it lets you know and I just love having the awareness another thing that it also does is gives you tips to get your score up so one thing it told me to do is it was just like, all you need is a credit card with like a $1,500 limit and that'll get your credit score up X amount of points. And so buying the house, I know helps my credit. Um, buying the house, getting, I think I got like two credit cards that I just pay off. Um, I use it for like little groceries. I don't like rack it up. I buy a couple things here and there and then I just pay it down. And since I started caring about my credit in, um, March of 2015. I was a little bit of a late start, but like I said, you start when you start. Um, as of today, my credit score is up, um, 100, I think it's, it's either 120 or 140 points. I texted my accountant because I was so proud of myself and I was just like, Oh my God, will you believe it? But yeah, my credit score, let me just, cause I want to tell you, uh, yeah, credit score is up 140 points just by caring a little bit. So do that. Also, put yourself on autosave. You want to make sure that you're saving first. Don't save what's left over. Set us make a set budget for what you're gonna save first. So any monies that are coming through, tell yourself what you're shaving off. Go ahead and put that away first, and then take care of everything. And then what you play with, save first, pay bills. What you play with is what's left over. Then, you know, that's how you keep your budget intact, not by trying to save last. Um, Another thing you want to make sure you do is break your bad money habits. Most of our bad money habits come from our parents. You know what I mean? It's just like how we were raised. And I recognize that I have some really terrible uh, money habits. And I just was like, you know what? I am going to learn how to have better money habits. They have tons of amazing books out now that are so easily digestible and will help you um get some better habits another thing you want to do is set a goal if there's something you want to buy um find out what it takes to buy I think a lot of times we are so afraid of things because we think it's beyond us and then when you go and you just find out like that's all I need to buy it then you're like okay I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to buy a car. How much do I need down? You just go in, find out your credit score, find out what you have to put down. If you need, if you need to take some time to get a better, better credit score, do that. So that was like my mission is that I I was thinking about buying a car. um, And I didn't want to buy it outright because I do want to continue to work on my credit by having the payments I typically would only buy my car cash but I was like at a minimum if I am going to get into this whole payment thing to get my score even better I want to get it up so having my score up 140 points um is good if I were going in to get a car loan so um Another thing you want to make sure you're doing with your finances is track the trends and then plug the leak. Uh, for those of you who have trouble tracking your fa- finances, mint.com, M-I-N-T.com is what I use. It's phenomenal for tracking your finances. When I first started using it about six years ago, I recognized that I used to spend a lot of money on books. For those of you who follow me, you know I'm obsessed with books, but and I was buying the books like full price. So once I started to see a trend that I was spending a ton of money um, on full price books, I started to buy the books used and when I started buying used books I found there's only been of all the books I bought used there was only one that was kind of jacked up on the inside but the rest of them have been pretty much like new so if you you've got to figure out a way to plug the leaks in some of the places that you are spending more if it's getting your hair done maybe it's you know doing it yourself every other week and then going in every other week or getting it done just once a month and you just figuring it out or or however that works so A little all over the place with your finances, but take them serious. Number three, uh, you have to stop using the fact that you don't know or haven't done it before as an excuse. And so that's just something that I really just can't stand. Um, it's just like most, you have to do everything for the first time, right? So just because you don't know, or you haven't done it is not an excuse for you to not try. It's not not an, it's not an excuse for you to not get better at something. The whole point is do it the first time. Um, Race to do things for the first time so that it is not something that's uncomfortable to you. So, if you know that you know nothing about wine and you're going out with some colleagues, go ahead and go get some on your own or go try it on your own or go find a place that does tastings so that you don't have to feel intimidated or, you know, just do away with the excuses. It's just like, okay, you don't know. There's so many ways for you to find out and it is your job to do that. So we are not using any kind of excuses of, I don't know, or I haven't done it before. Number four, you're going to leave not, go- not going anywhere behind. And I was just like, take a short trip by yourself. Stop waiting on people to live your life. So, so many people don't go anywhere because they can't round up a posse to go with them. And it's just like, imagine the kind of life you will be forced to live if all you do is wait for people to do things with you. If there's the number one restaurant in town and you call yourself a quote unquote foodie, people love calling themselves foodies these days. But if you are, and that's who you claim to be, go be a foodie by yourself. Um, One year, I think last year, I flew to Mexico by myself. I think I went to Mexico by myself last year, maybe like three times. And... I, before I got there, I just let the restaurant know that I would be having dinner alone in the fanciest restaurant, um, that was on the property. And because I gave them the heads up, um, the sommelier prepared a wine tasting for me, a champagne tasting, champagne Cava tasting, um, during my dinner. And though I was by myself and I don't mind having dinner by myself, it was so much fun because it was as if the sommelier was my date. He just brought over all these different wines and tastings. And I had such a blast and I left super drunk. I was like stumbling back to my room, but I had such a good time. And so there are things that you can do to prepare, um, the restaurant or whatever you're doing will prepare for you if you are alone and make it more of an experience for you. So don't be afraid to do things by yourself. Take a short trip, do a staycation, take a long trip. Um, but I, I, I made the decision long ago that I was not going to wait for other people to live my life. My my life, you know what I'm saying? Number five, we are going to leave, leave not celebrating ourselves. like, not celebrating yourself is an issue, and you need to have a little you party when you do good. Um, so often we don't celebrate our small wins, um, our small wins or our big wins, and so we don't know how to celebrate ourselves because I don't know somewhere along the way we learned that that's bragging or whatever. And I think promise yourself that you're gonna send out a little guess what I did email this year. Um, get your email list together, all your friends and family. And if you got promoted, send an email out and let everybody know. If you moved to a nicer place, send an email out and let everybody know. Um, if you paid off a of debt, like, send an email out and let, you know, people know I set a goal and I made it. It's, you know, more than anything, you're going to encourage and inspire somebody else to do something good in their life. So go ahead and celebrate yourself and have a little you party. And maybe that you party is going out to your favorite place by yourself um, because you're going to be doing that too. You're going places. Number six, not having a plan. Um, I didn't say that you have to have the best plan or an exact plan, but you need to have a plan. So if there's something that you want to do, I I, I meet tons of people. Oh, I want to move here. I want to work in this. Well, what kind of plan do you have? Oh, I don't have one. Well, guess what the likelihood of that happening is if you don't have a plan. Um, Start putting your plan together. I read this. Jeff Bezos says having a plan forces you to think through some issues and get comfortable in that headspace. So maybe it's just a five-point plan then you extend the 5 point plan into a 10 point plan. Um and I talk more about uh how to break down a goal in my um this is this is your year, this is my year journal. So if you need a little help with that, but you got to have a plan this year. Um uh, number 7, thinking you have it all together. Um I meet so many people who have convinced themselves that they have it all together or they want to, other people to think that they have it all together. And what happens is that when I meet these people who think they have it all together, um, I find that they become ultra devastated by mistakes. And it's just like, nobody ever really has it all together all the time. Like not me, not anybody. Um, all of us are all just trying to figure it out. And I think I have realized that in most of my, um, Curlbox TV interviews. So for Curlbox, I go out and I pretty much talk with all these entrepreneurs in the hair business and when I sit down and I talk with them I find myself wondering like if they know something I don't know and what I've pretty much learned is that everybody is pretty much winging it you know so um give yourself permission to not have it all together next one is um I got a text because I see somebody coming through the door and I want to let them know I'm recording a podcast and not interrupt me because I'm 21 minutes into this and I will not be pausing this. So in the event that someone comes in and I have to stop and say, excuse me, I'm recording a podcast. I tried to send a text and give a heads up. Number, uh, also thinking you have it all together doesn't allow you to be open to learn. Um, I, we had a crow box Christmas party yesterday and I was talking to a couple of the girls there and I was saying that I always have to adjust my truths. So things that, you know, my mantras are things that I believe to be true. Um, they don't stay truths year after year after year. And so when you think that you have it all together, you don't keep yourself open to learn and sort of readjust your truths. And so it could be a situation of, this was true for you X amount of years ago, or this was true for you in January, but maybe this is not true for you um, this year. Number eight, something else you're going to leave in 2015 is being afraid of success. And I have heard that and I have wondered, hey, I'm recording a podcast. I have wondered that and I have been like, okay, what the heck does that mean? Because I feel like so many people suffer from the fear of success, but they don't really know what it feels like or what that means. And what I was able to research is that the fear of success or the sort of excitement um, that people get from the actual idea of success has a tendency to feel like a trauma in our lives. And so that fear of success and whatever that trauma is, sort of have the same feeling and that thing causes an actual phobia of becoming successful. So they have some tips that I found online and I encourage you if you haven't, um, gotten, if you have experienced trauma in your life, it is very important that you seek professional help, um, to understand what your trauma reactions are. So, uh, this psychotherapist says it's very important to know the difference between those feelings of excitement and an actual trauma reaction. So she gives an exercise that I'm going to sh- share with you. And then I want to make sure that you go get some help with the trauma so that you can truly get over your fear of success. And recall, she says, recall an event where you were successful or excited when you were younger. And notice what you are feeling and sensing in your memory. Stay with the sensation for about five minutes. And then recall an event where you were successful and excited recently in your life. And notice what you are feeling and sensing. Stay with that sensation for five minutes. Now tap into the sensation of a memory of an overwhelming situation. I suggest not to start with a truly traumatic event, at least not without a therapist's support. Start with something only moderately disturbing to you. Now go back to visualizing your success story and then they want you to see if you notice the difference. And so it's really all about working through those feelings of, feelings of excitement and feelings of trauma, and making sure that you're not, you don't develop a phobia because those feelings are actually similar. So it's totally normal um, if you have this fear, but if your trauma causes you, um, if you have a deep trauma, you definitely need to seek therapist support and help with getting over that. Number nine is small choices. Um, so many people do things so small, small thoughts, small choices. um, You're afraid to do things larger and bigger. And that's a problem. And so small choices are the things that you do that produce no results, yet you look busy. Um, That's a small choice. And so we've got to go bigger um, and not be small this year. Uh, Number 10, which is one of my favorites, and I know you guys are probably gonna beat me up about this one, but that's okay, is thinking that everybody has to support your, and I put your in caps, dreams. Everybody is not obligated to support your dreams, your mission, what you want to do. It's nice if they do, but they are not obligated to do so. Your closest friends are not obligated to do so. Your parents are not obligated to do so. They are yours. And you. if you need... um. People in the stands are a host of cheerleaders, um, in order to pursue your dream thing. You're really not ready for them anyway. You have to be willing to do things with no support, um, because some days that's what it feels like. And you just can't give people that much, um, space in your life when it comes to the things that you really want to do and you really want to get done because you will find for as long as you are waiting on them, um, You won't do it. And for as long as you are waiting on them to give you some kind of specific support that you feel like you need, it won't get done. So if you do have supportive people in your life, you should be very grateful and thank them often. But if you don't, don't let that stop you and don't spend so much time worrying about why people don't do that. You know, it's just like, it's not your issue. They, the reasons why they may not be able to support you are probably beyond you and it's not personal. So stop taking those things personal. So that was my list of 10 things that you should leave behind in 2015. If you have some things you think that I should add to this list, please don't hesitate to tweet me. I am at leak m-y-l-e-i-k all over the internet and Snapchat and all that good stuff. And my website is mytaughtyou.com. Um, I hope everybody has an awesome new year. Um, if you have any questions about the journal, please don't hesitate to ask me on my Ask FM or on my Ask Me Anything tab on my site. You guys have a good one. Bye.